Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 428. Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 through 12. Let's read our passage. A man should not cover his head because he is the image and glory of God. So too, woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman came from man. Neither was man created for the sake of woman, but woman for the sake of man. This is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. In the Lord, however, woman is not independent of man, and man is not independent of woman. For just as woman comes from man, so man comes through woman, and all things come from God. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. He had founded this church about five years earlier on his second missionary journey. Now he's on his third journey, and he's in Ephesus. This is a letter of correction. There's a lot of trouble, a lot of problems in Corinth. He's already dealt with factions, with immorality, uh, problems with sexual immorality, problems with confusion over marriage, dealt with the issue of going to the pagan temples to participate in their worship feasts. Now he's dealing with the issue of women wearing coverings on their head during public worship, specifically while they're prophesying and praying. And we began this last time, and we admitted up front, this is hard to understand. There's some words here that we don't know exactly how Paul's using. There's some arrangements of the words and sentences that are tough to put together. Paul's flow of his thought process is hard to follow. And so, as I said last time, we have to have a lot of humility in this because there are a lot of very smart Bible-believing people who come up with some very different ideas on what the point of all this is. So, I will try to give you my take on this based on the study I've done. But this is not a, thus saith the Lord. This is, this is my best understanding of what Paul is saying here with what the, the best takeaway is. So Paul is arguing about the idea of women with coverings on their head during public worship. And last time I said, I think the big issue here is these women who have, and it's not all the women, it's a, a group of women in the church who have decided they are super spiritual. And there's a term that uh, modern day, some modern-day scholars apply to them called eschatological women. Eschaton is the Greek for the end times. Eschatology is the study of end times. Eschatological means having to do with end times. So they call these ladies eschatological women because they got the idea that they have already been spiritually resurrected because the end has come. And so they have abandoned marriage. They've abandoned their husbands because they're too spiritual for marriage. They're like angels. Angels don't marry. And the best way I think to understand this is they're also beyond gender because angels don't have gender. So they are confusing gender distinctions. The gender distinctions that are part of creation, the way God created men and women with the differences. And so they are throwing aside cultural norms as far as what makes men and women different. And they're basically acting scandalous in public worship by not wearing head coverings, which is a scandalous thing for women in that society. Now, there's a lot of 
assumptions there because we don't have a lot of data on what things were like in that society. But this is, like I said, this is my best take on what's going on here. So now he's continuing to explain this. In verse 7, he says, A man should not cover his head because he is the image and glory of God. So he's explaining here that the women not covering their head, they're acting like men because it's right for men to not cover their head. Now we say, why? Is there a biblical command? No, there's not. This is back to cultural norms. And so he says that man is the image and glory of God. Well, the image of God, that's from Genesis. Genesis 1, 26, 28, man's created in the image of God. He said, but it also says men and women are created in the image of God. Yes, but being created in the image of God is not Paul's point here. He's not saying women are not created in the image of God. He's just throwing out image to take it back to Genesis because Paul adds glory, image and glory of God. Genesis doesn't say man is the glory of God. And this is where we get to part of our trouble with this passage. What does he actually mean by this? What does he mean when he says man is the glory of God? That God reveals himself through man? That and exist to glorify and honor God and praise God, it, it's hard to say because then he says, so to woman is the glory of man. It's hard to say what this means here. In Genesis, women are created in the image of God too. But I think the, let's go back to what his issue here is. His issue is the distinction between men and women. And here he's referring to the creation account, the natural issue of women and men. And there is a difference. So what he actually means by woman is the glory of man, frankly, I, I don't have a good explanation for that other than the idea that man was created. And in the creation account, it says it was not good for Adam to be alone. So God created Eve to be with him to complete humanity. And so being the glory of man is the completion then of mankind. That's my best take on it. But again, be very careful with this because it's hard to say exactly what he means. In verse 8, he says, For man did not come from woman, but woman came from man. This being that man was the source of woman. Man was created first. And then he says, neither was man created for the sake of woman, but woman was created for the sake of man. And this is the whole idea that the woman, Eve, was created to complete what was missing in the man, to make humanity possible. But he's reviewing, reviewing here creation account, nature, and that there are, I think the big point is the differences between men and women naturally. Verse 10 is the main point of this section. And what's troubling here is verse 10 is, I think the rest of this is hard to understand. Verse 10 is the worst to understand. Verse 10 is hard to understand. It says, this is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now we first read that, we say, I have no idea what he is saying. And as we read it more and study it more and read a lot of commentaries and look at the Greek language and stuff, I still say, I don't really know what he's saying. Some of the problems are just 
it's it's hard. Simple is not in the original Greek. Many uh, English translations have not all, but many have added symbol, and it's either in parentheses or in italics. That's an added word to help understand what's being said here. But I go along with the scholars who say it doesn't belong there. That what he should be saying, well, what he is saying, what the actual original Greek says is the woman ought to have authority on her head or over her head. And that's very, very different than you just add that word symbol here. Because here it's saying a symbol of authority, symbol of whose authority. And the traditional understanding is a symbol of the man's authority over her. But if you just go with what it actually says, it's saying that she has her authority over her own head. And I actually like that best. Uh, the contemporary English Bible has it that way, but uh, some Bibles leave out the word symbol so, or sign. Some have it either in parentheses or italics. But it makes an incredible difference in what the verse is actually saying. I think what he's basically going back is the woman's own freedom. It's up to the woman what she does with her head, whether she wears a covering or not. But he's made the case she ought to. She really ought to wear a covering, but he's not making a command and saying you're sinning against the Lord if you don't. What he's saying is you're acting scandalous in the worship setting to prophesy and pray without a head covering. But he says it's your authority to do it, but along with that is, I think, the idea of freedom. You are free to do what is right rather than demanding your rights to not wear a head covering, you're free to actually follow Christ, to follow God, and do what is good, right, and proper. So that was hard to understand, but then it gets into harder to understand. He says, because of the angels, and the bottom line here is, nobody knows what he means by this. There are a lot of a lot of ideas here, and they are all absolute conjecture. Nobody has a clue what he means. Some say that it's an allusion to back in Genesis where allegedly fallen angels, and I don't even like that interpretation of the passage in Genesis, the fallen angels were chasing after the, the women of the earth. And so that you're wearing your head uncovered, you're going to arouse the, the desires of the angels. I don't like that. Uh, some are saying that it's an idea that we will judge angels. And Paul mentioned that. And so, you know, if you're competent to judge angels and you're competent to do the right thing here, uh, some say, well, since the word actually means translated as angels means messengers, some think it's talking about human messengers. I think the best understanding, the one I'll hang my hat on, is the idea that in the general understanding of people at that time, People thought angels were present at kind of supervising public worship settings. And that Paul here is basically making an allusion to that because he's talking about public worship setting. Women praying and prophesying with heads uncovered, which is scandalous and bringing to shame the, the public setting. And, and there's angels there watching. And so I, I think that's the best understanding there. We're not really sure what he means by this. Then 11 and 12, where in 7, 
8 and 9, he's talking about creation. Now, in 11 and 12, he's talking about in the Lord. As Christians, as members of the community of faith, there's an interdependence, men and women. In nature, man was created first, woman was created second, woman was created to be the man's helper. But in the Lord, there's an interdependence of men and women. In verse 11, he says, In the Lord, however, woman is not independent of man, and man is not independent of woman. For just as woman came from man, so man comes through woman, and all things come from God. So let's go back to God's in charge, God's over everything, and we are mutually dependent on one another. So all this is, it's hard to understand. And so be very careful trying to just uh, put a rubber stamp on this and say, thus saith the Lord, this is what it means. I think it still goes back to, there's a group of women who have taken upon themselves to declare themselves too spiritual for normal behavior and are acting abnormally, are acting scandalously. And they're acting scandalously in public worship, which is bringing discredit upon the assembly of believers. And Paul's challenging them. He's not laying the law down on them and saying, I, Paul, an apostle, forbid you to do this. He's just making the argument, saying, guys, you're, you're coloring outside the lines here, uh, reining in some, and, and act respectable when you gather for public worship. God has created men as men and women as women, and don't try blurring the lines. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.